Hey, everyone. This is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing guests. And as always, we've got a great guest for you today. We've got Will Bannister, a really great um, singer, songwriter. He's definitely moving out there. Um, he's got a lot, lot of great things going. And we look forward to getting behind a parts of his story on the show today. So, Will, are you here? I'm here. How are you handling right now? I always like to start out with kind of because we're all going through this craziness um, with the COVID. How are you handling all the COVID stuff of having to stay home and finally things are finally opening up a little bit? Well, things are finally starting to get out. And uh, like I said, I, I'm not used to sitting around the house this long. <laughs> uh, I'm used to being on the go all the time. But I'll tell you what, it's it's been good in the, in, in the sense that uh, mm-hmm. I've got to spend a lot of quality family time. Uh, I got four kids and a wife here, and uh, so we really, really have enjoyed uh, each other's company. And uh, you know, so it's been good. We we've, we've spent a lot of, a lot of time together. But uh, you know, I'm sure we're ready to, to get back at it. I, you know, sure am. <clears throat> you know, Sandy and I joke about this because um, for 17 years, we me and her has been a 24/7 couple for 17 years of our marriage. We just do everything wow. together. We work together and all that. And, and what's fun, and if we homeschool little Chris, he's eight years old, which you'll hear from him later because we always bring him on to, to ask one question oh, to start us. Because uh, um, we are a family. We always joke we're a family affair because that's what we are. <laughs> right, and, um, right. But it's, we, we always, because, you know, we've always been put down for the way we live marriage and all that and homeschooling and all that. <laughs> and so Sandy and I have jokes of all these people that put us down are now living our world. Right, right. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Because homeschool and uh, all that stuff, and that's uh, yeah, you're exactly right. Because so. yeah, you just never know what's going to happen. Which it, hopefully, you know, everything's coming out of this. Which you know, we're eventually again, we'll eventually get back to some type of normal. We, we get that, so hopefully, it's sooner than later, though. Uh, I hope it is. Dad, gummit. Oh. <laughs> so um. As we get started here, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and a brief overview of you. Okay. So, uh, of course, I'm Will Bannister. Uh, I, I'm from over here, eastern New Mexico, a little town called Portales. And uh, and so, uh, you know, I guess basically I've been singing my whole life, but really started trying to make mm-hmm. a go at it professionally uh, when I turned 21. Uh, and so that would have been around 2010, 11, somewhere in there. I think it's 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so, uh, you know, I went to up to Clovis, uh, recorded with uh, Johnny Mulhair, and he, uh, you know, oh, wow. he had a lot, he had some success in the, in the, the 90s. Uh, yeah. Leanne Rhymes came to, to Clovis. Johnny worked at the old Norman Petty recording studio um, where hmm. Buddy Holly and everything recorded. And uh, Leanne Rhymes come out there, so he uh, he helped co-produce that album, uh, Blue and Unchained oh, wow. Melody, both those albums. Yeah, so anyway, <laughs> so we started a working relationship back then, and uh, and uh, so we, we hit it for about 10 years, made several albums, and uh, got to go to England and everything, and... Uh, and so now, uh, you know, uh, I'm just, uh, that was all great. And, uh, Johnny was real good to me. And, uh, and now I'm kind of, uh, starting to just make some shifts in my career and everything. And, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully, you know, we'll see what happens. I just got a brand new album out that, uh, uh, we did in Nashville and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it seems to be going pretty good so far. And uh, I'm real proud of it. That's good. And so, yeah, we're 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 really angling to to kind of hit that Texas market. So, oh wow! Uh, so that's where I'm at right so now. You, I don't know if that's. So, what's your ultimate goal? Is your ultimate goal to eventually move to Texas or move to Nashville? Since you well, to my market? ultimate goal is I would love a record deal. Yeah, uh, that's my ultimate goal. <laughs> that's what I got my sights set on. Uh, mm-hmm. Not necessarily move there. Because uh, yeah, you know I'm from this little old town. I don't know if I can handle it out there, but I mean I, I won't say <laughs> never. But uh, yeah, but anyway, that is my ultimate goal. Uh, 
might yeah. be far fetched and everything, but uh, uh, you know. But for the time being, we're going to try to take conquer the Texas market. Uh, not conquer, but you know, make some noise there, yeah. and uh, and you know, just see what happens. And maybe and, we can. And your uh, sound is right. You know, I listened to your stuff earlier. Your sound is right for Texas. That's for sure. Well, I appreciate it. You know, I know I'm pretty far on the traditional side of the sound of things, but that's what I grew up listening to, and that's what I love doing. <clears throat> so what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? I always like to kind of start a little light before we really dig in. Yeah, that's a tough one there because I love <laughs> playing music. Music is your I hobby, love... right? <laughs> It, it is kind of a hobby still, uh, but you know what? I like playing with the. I like, uh, I don't know, just hanging out with family. I guess you know. I yeah, got, like I said, my, my wife and kids, and and uh, my dad and brother and sister and mother and you know, grandma. You know, I just I like to go visit with them. I guess it's mm-hmm. the only thing other than music that I enjoy doing. You know. Yeah. You know, family is so important, especially with so much that's going on. You know, family's all you got. <laughs> a lot of times. That's right. Yes, sir. So, as you grow out there, what drives you? Well, um, you know, a lot of it. Okay, so all in my twenties, uh, you know, I. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to to make music, and uh, but you know, mm-hmm. as I got older, uh, you know, I always wanted to do this as a profession. But as I got older, you know, I, I kind of felt the uh, the uh, urge to try to, I don't know, just more, maybe focus more on being a more of a provider. You know, trying to mm-hmm. for my family, try to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Build on it, you know, uh, just yeah. do the best I can do. So that that really drives me uh, these days. And, and of course, I, I want to make good country music. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I just, uh, I love, I still love that. And uh, yeah. I love going out and playing for people. <clears throat> and uh, and I love recording an album. And, and uh, so, you know, it all just kind of, but uh, I guess it, lately, uh, the last several years, you know, just trying to be a prov- better provider, uh, mm-hmm. I would say, would be the, the main I definitely understand that. For, for that. So. Yeah, definitely understand that, you know, because we, we have no money coming in for this show right now. And hopefully the day will come when we have sponsors and all that and, and build a whole merch around our whole business idea. Right now, you know, we're doing all this because we love it. And we, but we do want it to be a career. We're trying to make it a career. So I get the providing part. And you know, again, you know, one of the things that drives me a little bit about with the show is, is I met. You know, I never. I would rather die broke on my deathbed and know that I went for it than to always wonder what if. Right. I, I get that. You know, uh, and I've said I can live. Oh, yeah. I can live with failure. I can't live with not trying. Yes. So uh, I, I can relate to that 100% because I've said often, too, that uh, I don't want to look back and say, did I, did I give it all I got, you know? And Yeah. Uh, but if I failed knowing that I, I did everything I possibly could, tried as hard as I could, then I think uh, that would be a little bit easier to deal with that failure than, than if you didn't just go out there and, and give it all you had, you know? <clears throat> And when you give it all you have, the great thing is, is uh, I believe God will have pivot points in your career to where something will shift, and you'll be like, and then it'll be a whole new level. Because like, like with us, um, I love artists, and we'll always be for artists. But we're ne- starting next week, like I told you before the show, we're adding speakers into this who have went through dark times to tell their stories. Because the whole the whole right. idea behind the Chris and Sandy show is to get people's stories out there. And we started with artists, and I was like, you know what, you know, and I feel like that we're at a pivot point where we can kind of do speakers and artists all together. Because let's face it, you know, y'all sing to move people. Right. Speakers speak 
to move people. So it's, it kind of goes hand in hand. And all my life, I've wanted to be a speaker. When I when Sandy and I first married, she always wanted the music business. So here it is, 17 years later, married, and we're finding our rhythm in the speaking and in the music. Just love it how it comes together. Right. It, it, you know, it's uh, uh, I can I can say it. I, I can relate to that as well because you know here lately there's been a lot of things that's just seems like been laid out in front of me and uh you know good lord just seems to be blessing me in a lot of ways but but i've had to make some uh i've had to get out of my comfort zone and and go get it you know kind of a deal and i just Mm -hmm. kind of think maybe it's a uh maybe some growing there that i needed to do you know and uh because you know been some tough tough things uh tough decisions and changes that i've had to make Mm -hmm. but uh you know uh, it, would you like uh, to, would you be would you be open to elaborate on any of it? Oh, maybe maybe next time. Is that okay? Because all this okay. is still a little fresh. Okay. You know. Okay. So, but anyway. Uh, yeah. You got uh, decisions to make, and that's good. behind the scenes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and. I get you that. Know, so anyway, so uh, but yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> I'll catch up with you another time on all that. So, <laughs> and we, and you know what? We look forward to um, coming out with that. You know, because again, when you make any announcements, you tell us, and we will get it out there. We, you know, because again, we're for you, and we love, we love that. Yes, we love what y'all artists do. You know, and, and since we kind of going here about sacrifices, usually I talk about the highs and then the lows. Um, because I, I want to do both sides, you know, because most hosts, they focus on just the highs. I want to talk about both sides of, of chasing that dream. Well, usually I talk about the highs first, but c- since we're kind of going in that direction, I'm going to flip it and talk about that first. Um, and okay. here's where I want this to, and here's where I want this to go. I'll tell a little story, and then we'll go there of, of where I want this to lead. <clears throat> we interviewed okay. Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls back in 2014. And I remember um, one of the questions I asked her, and her and her daughter were full-time at that time in music. One of the questions I asked her was, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? She said, this, and this is what she said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, then go do that and keep music as a hobby. She goes, once you want to make it a career. It's a game changer. She goes, we have to think different. We have to eat different. We have to, we have to exercise different. It takes a lot to be four hours on a stage. You just have to live your life different. Or sacrifice. We miss birthdays. We, we miss holidays. We don't get to associate with everybody like we used to. She goes, there's so many sacrifices that we have to make. If we have a bad day today, it could be the worst day. If we got a gig tonight, we got to get up there and smile and sing like we had the best – she goes, there's so many sacrifices that we make. But if your, if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because that's the only way those kind of sacrifices will ever be worth it. What do you think of right. what she said? And let's go there about that side of it. Well, I, you know, I think that's 100%. Uh, uh, because, you know, I can, I've missed a lot of stuff. Uh Thank God I never missed a, the birth of one of my kids, you know. But uh, <laughs> some people you know, have. There was a, it was I know it, and you know what? It was a, there was a, you know, at, at a time at certain times when I went overseas, it 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 could have <laughs> happened, you know, but it didn't. So. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I have missed. We, well, you know what though, my family has. Um, I have missed stuff. I've missed some holidays and everything. But a lot of times, like birthday mm-hmm. parties, you know, we can reschedule those. But, but yeah, yeah you I have you have it on different days, you know. Yes. So, so it's it's it's. I agree with that a hundred percent. You know. So it, it takes a lot of time, and a lot of people don't realize what. Uh, uh, what, what kind of really, sacrifices? Yeah, because yeah, they make. see the they see the glory, but they don't see the grind, and that's why that's why I like to talk about that side of it. Because a lot of people have this misconception of what a Blake Shelton does. Because although at his level, he probably does way less than what you do, but getting there, he didn't. Right. Well, and I think yeah, people and miss you know, that side of it. 
Yes, I, I think so too. And uh, and you know what? I think he. I, I bet you. I don't know. I've never. And he been probably in, still does a lot, though. That's what I was gonna say. I bet he still works his butt off. But uh, but yeah, <laughs> I, I know what you're saying. They don't say, you know, you know. They say singers pay their dues before they, mm-hmm. uh, you yeah. know. So they don't they don't just they don't call they don't say that for nothing, you know, because it, it is true. <laughs> you got to take some take some lumps. A long way here, for sure. And you know, we get we get y'all because we're in the same boat as most of those of, of the rising artists. You know, we don't have a backup plan. The Chris and Sandy show is our plan. You know, we don't have income. You know, we ha- we do side gigs to stay afloat, just like y'all do. Sure. You know, so right. you know, so we sit here and we're busting our butt and we're trying to grow and we're trying. Each day, we're like, okay, how do we expand this? How do we expand that? There's so many things that we have to do to try to keep this thing going and to hope that one day that we can be that Bobby Bones or Ty Bentley type show. Right, <laughs> so, right. so we get y'all. You know, we're on the same path as y'all artists are, except just a different platform. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's, that's, that's 100% right. I mean, I, I, I can see that for sure. Now, since we did talk about some of the bad side or rough side, I don't say bad because, again, it's still worth it once you go through it. But let's talk right. about now the rewards. You know, when you look back on your career so far, what are some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? Well, I've, I got three. Uh, you know, okay. I uh, <coughs> actually I got four. Is okay. that all right? But yeah, that's okay. fine. First, uh, first one I, I got to back in 2012 got to perform at uh, the International Festival of Country Music at Wembley Arena in in London, and uh, mm-hmm. so that was a you know thrill of a lifetime. Got to bring my my uh, wife and my my first kid. She was just three months old. Brought her over there, mm-hmm. and then my uh, brother, sister, mom, and dad all came out, and and my whole band went over there, and we uh, you know. There was a, there was a whole bunch of people on that show. It was Ricky Skaggs, Reba McIntyre, Lone Star, and oh, wow. Sleep the Wheel. A whole bunch of them. So that's one of them. Uh, I got to play for. Uh, well, you know, he was he was already out of office, but got to do an event where uh, uh, we played, and then George W. Bush got to get up there and speak, and uh, we got oh, to wow. listen to him. And so, and then afterwards we played again. So that was a really cool moment. <laughs> Uh, the third one, uh, when I was in England, we become mm-hmm. acquainted with an artist, uh, who's no longer with us now, George Hamilton, the fourth. And, mm-hmm. uh, he brought us backstage at the Grand Ole Opry and I got to meet oh, him wow. and take pictures with some of my heroes, Charlie Pride being one of them. And, uh, he <laughs> mentioned my name on, on the, the Opry stage, you know, and we got to sit <laughs> back there and watch the show from behind. So that was, you know, that was thrilling. And then the last one is mm-hmm. this this last album I just did. Uh I got to go in mm-hmm. there and cut cut songs with some of the uh you know, the A team, I mean, you know, uh Eddie Bears and, and Michael Spriggs and all them guys, you know. And it, you know, just I got to cut that album over there in Nashville and use some some top notch players. And so yeah, that was a that was a thrill. So mm-hmm. So that's my full so what's and you're sticking to it (laughs) i am Um, so so what's (laughs) one or two crazy moments that's happened to you on stage it could be good it could be bad it don't matter just just moments that you're like wow (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah so i got you know there was a i was playing this time when i first started you know Mm -hmm. but uh we were down at the uh, eagles in clovis new mexico and uh, just a you know just a little old place and playing there and there was a, a, a guy there that you know he wasn't he wasn't all there he was you know he's kind of messed up in the head and everything mm-hmm. you know and uh, but he just had the he just always had a blast you know and he come up there and asked for neon moon and and so we did it and he just sang it at the top of his lungs right there standing in front of me and I just you know poor guy couldn't sing a lick. And I could hear it over every bit of the amps and drums and everything, and I lost it, and I just flat couldn't sing it. The drummer had to finish the song for me, you know, so it was a – I just couldn't keep it together, you know. 
And he was just super nice, and he just had a blast out there. But uh, I just I couldn't, uh, you know, I couldn't believe as loud as we were playing, I could still hear him over the music, and he didn't even have no microphone. Wow. You know, so, so yeah, it's a, it a crazy deal there. So, any other that stands out? Not right off the top of my head. Uh, that's a that's a good you one. Know, though. I love, not, you know, yeah. When I ask questions like that, you never know what's going to be said. Because we had one one of the artists, I can't remember who it was, but they said that the craziest moment that happened to them was they were playing a stay, on stage. And apparently the music wasn't loud enough for one person. And he said, I didn't see him come up. I seen him at the side of my eye. Once he, the guy came up on stage, walked to the speakers, and turned it up himself. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was like – and by the time he seen him, it was too late. Right. <laughs> And well, he's trying to hope keep his composure and keep playing, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'll tell you, that's uh, there's some there's some daisies out there, boy. It, uh, you know, it uh, playing in these old bars, and you know, there's some you see some pretty crazy stuff, all right, for sure. So people get a little. So what's been what? Little, uh-huh. Go ahead. So what, oh, I just think you know, people get a what, little alcohol in them and they do crazy things. So. Oh yeah, then then anything can happen, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what's been your favorite venue to play so far? Um my favorite venue. I don't know if I can pick one particular uh venue, you know, there's a um there's a lot of fun ones and they all have their pluses and and uh, you know, you get out there in front of people, and it don't really matter if if the crowd's good yeah. and, and responding real well. It's just all kind of to me. They all just kind of uh, are fun, you know. Yeah, love that. So I've, I've, I love played, that I've had a great night at just a little old funky bar, and and uh, <laughs> then I've had some great nights at a on a big stage, and you know, so. Hey, that's hard to that's hard to single out just one of those. Yeah, I understand that. And we're at the point of the show where we're, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to play your song okay. "Easy to Love," and then we're going to talk about that. How's that sound? Okay, that sounds great. Thank you. All right, just hang on there. Hey everyone, we have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. I ain't exactly Romeo. Yes, you can see that now. But you've come too far down this road. Remember it's not my intention Cause I want to be easy to love And make it hard for you To ever get enough of this feeling that we're feeling No, you can't deny that it feels so right
about something. Right. So that blinds me sometimes to certain things. So I have to right. bring her in, which I bring her in every decision anyway because that's the way a marriage is supposed to be. But, but I, right. I have to bring her in because she may see something I don't see. And, it's, and then I'm like, okay, that makes sense. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'll tell you. Uh, a lot of times, my wife would be telling me something, and I, you know, I just, mm-hmm. I don't always listen to her. And then every dang time, <laughs> she turns out right, you know. And and she lets me know yep. too. Yeah, I told you, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stan, Stanley and I joke about that too many times. Where and she's kind of not on right now because she's with our 15 month old, so she, she'll be in and out a little bit. But so she's listening now. But there, oh, there'll be you. times, there'll be times where um, I still, you know, she allows me to still make that final decision. But she, but I allow her to say her piece and all that on certain decisions, and so that we can at least discuss it. But there are times where I want to do it anyway, and right. every single time that I go over her judgment, it ends up being bad. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <And she was. laughs> yeah, it's aggravating. <clears throat> but 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 again, that's not many times because we usually usually we're on the same page. Very seldom are we not on the same page anyway. I mean, right. we're right. I mean, when when you live a seventeen year marriage and together twenty four seven like we are, you kind of if you're not on the same page, you'll kill each other. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah. <laughs> It ain't always easy, I'll guarantee you that, but uh, it's just worth it for sure. So do you have a story where your wife has stepped up and did something above and beyond that you look, you were like, wow, she believes in what I'm doing? Yeah, well, I'll tell you. Uh, sometimes uh, being in this, you know, there's ups and downs like we talked about, you know. Uh, yeah. Whether that be money or, or just uh, – you know, I mean, you know, after doing this ten years, or just, you know, there's bound to be some money issues there, and uh, yeah. and uh, just attitude. You know, it's kind of easy to get bummed out sometimes doing this stuff, but uh, and uh, so she's put up with that real good. But also, all, during this, you know, she's a she's a teacher as well, you know, mm-hmm. and has been uh, for you know this whole time. And so, yeah. you know, uh, by allowing me to do what I do, you know, uh, she goes above and beyond all, you know, every day, you know. Mm-hmm. And then she still manages to uh, to get the, the kids all uh, mm. lined out with homework and, uh, you know, uh, get making sure they're clean and uh I mean, just everything. She just got it together. Yeah. And sometimes I'm a little <laughs> scattered, you know. Uh, but yeah, so you know, I've just I've got a heck of a support uh, with her, mm-hmm. uh, you know, behind me. So it just sounds like y'all got what we have, where she's like, right. you know, again, she, you know, we're same way. You know, she just gets me, and I get her, and we're right. a team. And I can't imagine life without her. And it's like, you know. And then we're doing this show together. It's granted she's not talking right now because she's with her 15-month-old trying to calm her down. <laughs> but, right. but usually we're both on. But, you know, but I love having that support, and, and I never understand couples that can't get it together enough to support each other because that's so important in marriage. I agree, and, you know, but, uh, yeah, you're you're right. I'm definitely blessed because, like I said, I went through those early years of our marriage addictions, and she still stood by me where, when most women would have left. She was my little angel there, and so I definitely know I'm blessed with her. That's she's you know, and I tell her all the time, you know, we, you know, I would not be here if it weren't for her. And if she'd have left, our eight-year-old wouldn't be here because all this happened before him, and our 15-month-old wouldn't be here. So all this would be what we. What we're trying to strive for right now would be gone if she'd have left early. Right. Well, yeah, it sounds like uh, <coughs> sounds like y'all got it together too. So that's, that's good. We try. Yeah. And because we're talking <laughs> about family, this, I think this is a perfect time to bring our little eight-year-old on. Um, he's going to go in there where his mommy is, and 
because, <clears throat> like I said, she's listening, but he can jump on the line with her. Oh, I got you. So that, um, <clears throat> and then when, when when our 15-month-old gets um, questions, we're definitely going to plug her in, too. <laughs> well. Because <laughs> we are a family sure. affair here. Sure. sure. I think it's okay. I've got to pop out here a second. Say hi, and and here's Christopher. Hi, Will. What's hi, your Christian. favorite food? My favorite food. Yep. I like a rib ribeye steak. Mm, and good. I sure that sure sounds good right now. So, yeah, yeah I, I like <laughs> I like steak, buddy. And what's yours, little Chris? A pizza. Well, I, I love pizza too. We eat a lot of that around here. So, what kind do you like, Christopher? Mhm. Pepperoni. Pepperoni. Can't can't go wrong with that for sure. <laughs> nope, you can't. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye bye. He comes and goes really quick. Yeah, but he lo- he would be up. There's been a few times that the show got cut off early. And he was upset. Like, he didn't get to say his question. Oh, he didn't. <laughs> oh, heck. Well, I think <laughs> but, you know, yeah, and, and, you know, something I've learned through the years is if you want to inspire passion and purpose into your kids, you need to allow them to see you live out yours because they have a front row seat to it. Right. <clears throat> and that's why it's, yeah. you know, it's, that although it's rough sometimes you as an artist, but the good thing is they see this, and it will help them become better people down the road to where, you know what? My daddy chased that dream. I can too. Yeah. Well, that's. Uh, I was just talking to a cousin of mine that uh, we were talking about kids, and, and I was mm-hmm. just telling him to, uh, I want my kids to be driven. And I don't know if mm-hmm. it's something we were talking about if it was if they were born with drive or, or uh, if that's mm-hmm. something that's taught, you know, so – uh, he was thinking that it was taught, you know, and I just, I, mm. you know, uh, we were just discussing that, but uh, it's funny you know, that you brought that up. I never thought of that one, but I kind of think that, you know, they might have, I think every child has some drive in them, but I think you can hone that. Right. Cause, well. Because, again, you know, because, again, you might think that your kid don't have this drive. But then all of a sudden they find that passion, and guess what? You right. see that they have a drive now. Yeah, and maybe it's instilling the, the you know, instilling some uh, all just the knowledge that you got to work hard at, at stuff, you yeah. know. And, and maybe it's all just kind of. Uh, I mean, my kids are are young right now, you know. Matter of fact, my oldest mm-hmm. is eight, and uh, <laughs> so uh, you know, you know, it's I, I think. Maybe once they hit their teenage years, it'll <laughs> maybe it'll develop, you know. So, <laughs> that's cool, uh, you know. But it, they're seeing you with drive and that's and passion again. That that's so important, you know. You know, because there's a balance there. I think you know you can be all family and they don't see you do nothing, so then you, they lose drive that way. Or you can be all drive and no family and they lose that side too. So that's a balance. Right. Right. Well, that's yeah, that's that's neat. For sure. Yeah, I think it's I think you're right. So if you could co write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? Oh, it'd be Merle Haggard. And uh oh, I'd write with I I'd yeah, I'd uh sort of writing about I don't know. I, I, I'm a sucker for love songs, you know. So I think that would be a cool, <laughs> slow, a slow love song or a slow sad song. I, I love slow ballads, you know. And so, yeah. uh, you know, I, be honest with you though, I'd be, I'd probably be too scared to open my mouth around <laughs> him, you know. But uh, I think he's a, he's one of the greatest. But that's not a hard, yeah. not not a hard question to answer for sure. <laughs> That's cool. So, um, is there a song that's out there that's of somebody else's that you thought, man, I wish I wrote that? Oh, there's a bunch of them. Darn it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I've thought that many times. I cannot think of one in particular at the moment. Yeah. Uh, 
But I guarantee you, you know what? There's a Merle Haggard song that I've thought that about. It's called It's All in the Movies. I just oh, think wow. it's really clever. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know. But like I said, there's a whole bunch of those <laughs> uh, <laughs> that I wish that I've thought that on. You know, that, so staying on the theme of songwriting, what is your process when it comes to songwriting? Well, for years, uh, most of the time I had a title. Uh, sometimes I didn't, but most of the time mm-hmm. I wrote from a title and just kind of sat down and, you know, either either the song just came out or or, uh, or I'd have a half a song wrote for <coughs> years and, mm-hmm. and then, you know, finally finish it up or not, you know. Now I'm kind of yeah. venturing into some of the co-writing things and trying to learn how other people are doing it and it's mm-hmm. tough for me, you know, but I, I want to learn and uh, and uh, so yeah, they they've got a. It's it's funny how people do have their different processes because uh, Most these guys I'm co co writing with or have co written with, uh, mm-hmm. it's it's a totally different deal. So and it'd be cool if you my... wrote a if you wrote a song that ended up in like a Cody Johnson's hands. Oh yeah, that would be great. <laughs> I sure. And the reason I picked, yep. you know, the reason I picked him because I know you're in the Texas country. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, that's a that's a market I'm targeting right now. And yeah, I mean, shoot, if he if it, if that happened for me, I'd be thrilled. I guarantee you that. So. <laughs> Which leads us perfect into this next question. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask a question, and I have a purpose in the way I ask it, and then I'll explain the purpose right after I ask the question. But let's okay. if you had a magic wand and what you're about to say would one hundred percent come true. Where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I'm asking it in this way, I always want artists to open up and think about this one. Because we asked that same question to Kelsey Ballerini. We asked her where she wanna be in five years. This past February made the five year anniversary of us asking that question. Her answer that she gave us five years ago is the answer is basically what she's living right now. I mean, you couldn't, you, I mean, it's almost to the T. She knew where she was going. She knew where she wanted to go. And she laid it out there to us on, this is what I want. And she's living that. So I always like to bring that story up so artists can realize, you know what? Five years is quite a while in the music business. A lot can happen right. in five years. Um, so if all bets were off, where do you want to be in five years? Well, uh, I want to be playing music. And uh, for for lots of people, and yeah. uh, and be providing comfortably for my family. That's what I want. Five years. So I don't know what that looks like. Uh, <laughs> that might be too broad, but uh, <laughs> when it boils down to it, that's all that matters to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. So let's say you had a friend of yours, and you heard him sing, and let's say him or her. Has, you could tell there's something special about them. Now, this would be pre-COVID advice, so keep that in mind. And let's say gotcha. that they've gotten on stage maybe about ten times. So they're getting their feet wet, but but they got that stage bug that every artist says they get. They've looked over the crowd. The crowd's cheering for them, and they just know deep down that they're in the right place, that they're supposed to be here. And they come to you, and they say, Will, I know I'm supposed to do this. With my life, what advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Well, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm first off better I'd be giving any advice. Uh, I would say keep it all business. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that was a hard, hard lesson for me to learn, and you know, might be still learning it a little too. You know, but uh, keep it all business, and uh, you know, and just do what you got to do. No matter what, you know. So, <clears throat> and yeah, I love that. And you know, speaking of business, um, I kind of forgot this one question. I usually ask every artist, and I'll bring it up now. Um, I always like to talk about the team a little bit because you know every artist at least has some people on their team because they can't do it without the team. Because a lot of people they see the artist and they don't see what's behind the artist. So take a minute or two, just tell us who's on your team right now, you know, that will help people see, oh, wow, it's more than Will. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I've got uh, 
I've been working with a songwriter named Roger Springer, and uh, he's been uh, in teaching me uh, uh, how to co-write and everything, mm-hmm. and uh, and just you know, he's got a lot of good advice. He uh, was on the road with Mark Chestnut for years. I wrote a bunch of oh well, bunch of hit songs and everything, you know. So yeah, he's a mm-hmm. you know songwriting on my songwriting team, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, and then. Uh, you know, there's there's some uh, players and everything that I work with, and mm-hmm. uh, and some past players that I've worked with that uh, have been supportive of me. You know, so it's just, just it's awesome. all kind of a yeah, and it's all coming together. Well, it, you know what it uh, it it all seems to be going in a good direction for me, for sure. That love love that. Um, so as we wind down here to the last question here, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Uh, shoot. <laughs> you, you got you got a lot of tough questions here. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I like know. to hear that. Right. Yeah, that uh, – <clears throat> I don't know. seems to me like you covered all the bases pretty well, you know, uh, and uh, I appreciate I'm that. not always the, the best interviewee, uh, <laughs> so so I'm gonna have to. Uh, I don't know. I, and I don't better. have any answers. And you'll for get you. and you'll get better as you you know as you grow. That that's something. <clears throat> and just to just to give you a little hope here, um, I, sometimes I tell this story, sometimes I don't. But I think this is a perfect spot to tell this story. As you see, I speak. I like to speak. Right. But 12, 13 years ago, um, Sandy and I was helping a young professional group here in Savannah um, to, um, to launch. And we were really dug in with them, and they, they wanted three people to speak. And it was only going to be five minutes. I, and I've never spoke before. I thought to myself, right. how hard can it? I thought, how hard could it really be? You know, I'll do it. Right. Only five minutes. Well, a couple lessons I learned beforehand before I tell you what happened. One lesson is don't change your speech the day of your speaking engagement. Big lesson learned. <laughs> Number two, yeah. don't don't make your first speech in front of um, three hundred people. As your first speech, <laughs> don't do right. that. So, so the day of it, I was excited. I had it all written down of what I was going to say. <clears throat> I get up on stage. I can't read my notes because my hand was shaking so bad. I mean, it was like the whole paper was going. So I'm like, oh God, what do I do? So they have a podium. I'm thinking, okay, I'll just put on a podium and I can just glance at the notes there as I talk. Only right. problem was it's it was dim there. And, the, and and I'm a short guy, but it still only went to my waist. So there was, there was no way to read the notes on the podium thing. So right. there was a problem. So I thought, well, okay, no big deal. I can wing it because it's my sto- it's parts of my story. I can do that. Right. One problem. I open my mouth and nothing comes out. Nothing. Zilch. I mean, I'm almost gagging. It's like nothing right. comes out. And I'm and and the only thing I could think of was that moment was a defining moment in my life was if I got off that stage without finishing, I'll probably never do anything that has to do with speaking ever again. I probably wouldn't. There's no way. Because <clears throat> you know it's like the, it's like the if you get jumped off a horse, they always say if you don't get back on, you'll probably never ride again. Uh, right. That's how it felt then. So I'm like sitting there, ho- and Sandy was freaking. She told me later that she didn't know what to do because she's on front row and she couldn't help me. <laughs> right. And, uh, and uh, so I'm like a minute. I mean, these poor people were suffering with me. I'm surprised they didn't pull me off stage. So these poor people were about what about a minute, maybe minute, fifteen seconds in, something like that. And I'm still like, I mean, nothing's coming out. So yeah. finally, I stop. <laughs> and I guess this is God. This was God at that moment. Because all I could think about is I'm going to say the first thing that comes to my head. This is all I could think of saying. And I told everybody, if y'all get nothing else out of this, at least you'll get a good laugh. 
they all laughed. Yeah, and, they did. <laughs> and I was able to relax, and the rest of the time I nailed it. But see, that well, was a defining moment in my life. See, you would never think, because I can talk now. I don't have problems talking. But right. I freaked then. And I love that story because, you know what, I didn't love it during the middle of it, but it's one of them battle wounds I got. I love to tell that story now. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a heck of a story there. You know, it's funny how that, that all works out. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to, and I just wanted to encourage you that even though you feel like you don't do good interviews right now, it'll get they'll they'll get better and they'll get better and they'll get better until you become the point where you're like a Blake Shelton, where no matter what they throw at you, you'll answer it like that. Right. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's just one of them things. I, you know, actually, I've gotten a lot better at it through the years mm-hmm. uh, when I first started yeah. doing this. You know. I remember the, the local radio station here in town. Uh, after I had done it several times, you know, they had mentioned, you know, well, at least you ain't saying, yep, nope, you know, <laughs> just leave it. <laughs> so, That's funny. You know, it's, uh, it's been a growing process for sure. So. And, you know, for the show and all, it's been a growing process here. And, and you know, it's funny because I think what prepared me for this show, because the show always lasts about 60 minutes on average. That's my goal to keep around 60 minutes because I want to get in-depth with people. I want a conversation. I want a dialogue. I want it to be where right. the world's looking, listening in to a couple people that are just talking, and that's what I try to make our show. But through right. the years, through our 17 years of marriage, and Sandy would roll her eyes sometimes at me. You know, you, through the years where if we're on the street and I run into – and I'm not talking about a friend. I'm talking a stranger. We'd run into a stranger, and we, within two, three minutes, she knows we're going to be there 60 minutes. She just knows that. I mean because when, when I get to yeah. talking, I get to talking, and, and, I, and I don't know when to quit. And I remember that's happened thousands of times in 17 years, and here it is. We've got a show that we're doing together that prepared me to talk. Right. Well, <laughs> so it all works together pretty well. Yes, sir. Sure. So, if you want, tell everybody how they can reach out to you. So, uh, you know, you can reach out to me. The easiest way to be just go to my website, and uh, there's links to all my social media pages, which is just uh, on Facebook, Will Bannister, Instagram at Will Bannister Music, and Twitter same at Will Bannister Music. But my website is. Uh, WillBannister.com, and uh, so there's a place on there where you can uh, contact me via email, and, and uh, you can get CDs and and hopefully some caps here pretty soon off of there. So I would uh, recommend just visiting my website. That's awesome, and you know what? I enjoyed having you on the show today, and I look forward to the day when you can come back down the road for some updates. How's that sound? Well, that sounds great, Chris, and I appreciate you all having me, and uh, and best of luck to you all as well. All right, thanks, and we'll talk to you real soon. All right, take care.